Hello and welcome to my Bun Her Oven podcast. This is episode eight. Eight episodes? You had, like, lot, you had a lot of caffeine today. No, I'm absolutely knackered. First day back at work after half term, but eight episodes, oh Chris. I know. Did you ever did you ever think we'd make it at this stage? <laughs> this hobby's lasted longer than most. I know, like eight what we've done? It hasn't quite lasted eight days though, has it? Because we've done a couple of days. Oh, well, it just doesn't seem that impressive anymore. When you're banging out too, like a sweatshop. <laughs> um, so basically, today's, or the theme of today's podcast, we've had some questions, like, asked and, and sent, when I say sent in, it sounds a bit bit weird, doesn't it? We've had some questions asked um, over the last couple of days, so we just thought we'd get them all out the way mm-hmm. in a, one, little, one little episode. So you haven't, you don't know the questions yet, Um <laughs> So love couple, surprises by Tori. I've, I've read them out. I've read them. Not to you. So you've had a preview. I've had a preview. Are you ready for this? I'm so ready. Strap yourself in. <laughs> Question one. What did your families think of IVF? Right. That's a good one. Um, Slash shared motherhood. Do you know who that was from? We can't say, can you? It was from my kid. Ah, oh, shout out again, Kate. <laughs> um, do you want to go first? No, you go first. Um, so my mum and stepdad, like, I, I don't know whether or not the new, like, wh- whether they just assumed there wouldn't be grandparents, like from me, obviously I've got a brother who's straight, I don't know whether they just assumed there wouldn't be, my stepdad's over the moon. Yeah, I was going to say, based on Steve's reaction, I don't think he thought that would have been the case. He's absolutely dying to be a, a granddad. I guess, um, they've just got loads of questions, really, because... We haven't really. There's no one that we've known who's gone through IVF, so there's lots of questions and about yeah, the process kind of and the science. Quite, like, like fascinated yeah, by eggs and yeah, we've had a lot of really like in depth conversations we would never have with them normally if we're conceiving naturally, have we? Like, yeah, Steve thought. Uh, so Chrissy's stepdad thought that obviously during a cycle you just release one egg. So during a period you release one egg from the fallopian tube. That, no, like from your ovary along your fallopian tube doesn't get fertilised. Is that that's when your yeah. period starts, isn't it? Little science lesson there. After obviously my egg retrieval, um, Steve thought that was it. They'd collected all of my eggs forever, for, forever, gone. No more periods. <laughs> uh, can you remember where you were when that when you told them on my birthday? Watergate Park, wasn't Watergate it? Park. Walking through the walking through the woods, and you just casually dropped it in there. Yeah, we toyed with the idea of not telling anyone, didn't we? And just yeah. actually just announcing. But then, like, it's just too hard. Like, we needed the support around us, didn't we? Yeah, well, I I was shitting me pants. Absolutely shitting me pants, telling me mum. So I remember exactly where I was. It was during lockdown, blistering sunshine, me and me mum sunbathing in the back garden. And uh, obviously we'd started this journey and we're going to keep it a secret and we're going to wait until 12 weeks weren't we? And then give them something. How naive we were. I know, I know. So naive. But anyway, we'd started this process and while lying on the sun loungers and I got a phone call from Manchester and the first thing they ask you is for your date of birth. So my mum knew there was something fishy going on and I couldn't hide it. And (laughs) originally I just said, oh, I'm going to have my eggs frozen because, you know, you never know when you might need them. Thinking, you know, that'll put her off for a bit. But yeah, didn't really work too well. Telling me Granda was even worse. <laughs> As well. You can tell that story. Go on, about telling Kenny. So, my, up until, was it last week? 
Yes. Up until last week, the granddad didn't actually know that me and Chrissy were a couple. Um, he must think that... These, just proper good friends. He must just think that these women rock up and then... And there's been lots. All right. <laughs> they just rock up for however long it is, never more than two years, and then I never see them again. He must think I'm some sort of serial killer and I just, like, fritz all these women, put them in a, put them in a cellar. Well, I'm assuming anyway. So obviously me and Chrissy have been together for, for three years now. So he just thinks we'll go everywhere together, don't we? Yeah. We do everything as a family. He called us his grandchild the other day. Oh, he did. So my granda said, I asked my granda, sorry, how many grandchildren do you have? He actually has three. And he answered, four, because I've got her now. That was cute, cute wasn't it? That's cute. Yeah, so um, I'd been putting off telling my granda for... A while, because obviously it's one bombshell that you that you gay and Chrissy's my girlfriend, but it's another bombshell entirely trying to try and even go through the process of shared motherhood. Like how the hell? So I just kind of um, I just well I didn't lie as such. I just kind of bent the truth slightly, just to allow myself a little bit of wiggle room. <laughs> I think that what you're about to say is worse than the truth. No, but I'll let the listeners decide. No, it is. I know that. But I was, honestly, guys, I was scared. I was scared for my own life. That tiny little pants. I was. I dropped Chrissy off at home after a lovely walk and I thought, right, I'm going to go and do it. I tried to do it the week previous. I'd bottled it. I went round and I was sitting there. I thought, I'm going to have to do it. So I said to him, Granddad, I've got something to tell you. I'm going to the toilet. Nervous wee. And then I'm going to come back. Came back and I sat down and I basically... In a very roundabout way, kind of said that I'd had like some. I wasn't really sure how my eggs and things were going to work out in the future, and that it was probably best that I extracted them, and probably best that I put them inside Chrissy <laughs> with a stranger sperm. <laughs> with a stranger sperm. So then I had to like explain the whole sperm thing. I was basically trying how many to say. Times did you say the word sperm? Yeah, grander. Oh, it was uncomfortable. But I'd said like you know if if. So Chrissy's being my surrogate, and if Chrissy had to do what this a as a surrogate, it would cost like it would cost me fifty grand. And I'm <laughs> cheaper. <laughs> so Chrissy's cheaper, and she's decided to do it. So that's basically a really kind of roundabout way of saying that's how my granddad knew. Anyway, turns out he knew all along that I was big hairy lesbian. Yeah, big hairy lesbian, and um, so now he knows about me and Chrissy and the the fertility journey that we're on. So that's that's all good. Yeah, because you, the fact that you're having a baby with a friend, like, he's, I was just thinking, like, I would be worried, like, what if they don't speak anymore? Like, he was worried enough when we're going to buy a house together and he was thinking, Eva, what happens if you fall out? Can you remember when he came over and he didn't know I lived here and I was literally we're like... Ripping all the photos down. Well, no, there was, there was the photo, like... He would turn around and would realise there's a picture of us kissing behind his head and we were would put one of those like um photo booth photos like in the mirror, hadn't we? And we're like, ah, ah. and then can you remember when he went, Mind uh, you know your way around this kitchen? And I was Aye, because she's never touched it. <laughs> it was like, you know, on Matilda where Trunchy's coming down the corridor and they get rid of all the colourful shit. And they just pull all the boring drab stuff over. Yeah, and it was clever. Like Kenny's gone. You're so thick. Yeah. I know. He's known all along. I know you're lemons. Right, so that was a very long question one. To be fair, I'm sorry we got off topic a little bit. Um, question two. This is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read the latter part first. It says, "I have my first appointment in a couple of weeks, and I'm really nervous. How did you find your appointments?" 
my first appointment, I was shitting my pants and you got really worried about us. Yeah. I think me... So it's totally ner- totally normal to feel nervous. I think my biggest worry is that um, they would find something that meant that I couldn't have a kid. That's a good point, because up until that point, we didn't... We didn't know, we'd never like... No, I could have a cotton wool in there for all I yeah, knew, because you don't be. have... There's no um, risk of accidents. Yeah, good point. Um... Yeah, I think our first appointment, I was so excited. Like, so excited. I've been excited every every bloody trip. Um, yeah, I think the one thing that put me off was just seeing how nervous you were. And obviously, you couldn't sit together because of bloody sitting in boxes. Yeah. Um, so not being able to kind of reassure you and... That, that was hard. And I couldn't bloody see your face because you were behind a mask. So I was like, is she smiling? Is she not? The other, that was the other thing. The thing that made me so nervous. So you'll, you guys will all know, unless you're exempt, when you first start wearing a mask, it's, get, it's hard to get used to. And I'd bought this mask that wasn't one of the disposable ones. So it gave you no air. And I literally, a part of it was like, I couldn't breathe. Did you have your head in a carrier bag? <laughs> What kind of mask gets no air? Can you remember the TV that was on? So in our waiting room... Hey, Jesus, this isn't good. In our waiting room, there's two TVs and they're like blasting, aren't they? And it's always morning telly. And I swear to God, the most inappropriate things... And obviously the receptionist is really busy, bless her. She's answering the phone, she's taking like people's details she's registering them and she's obviously oblivious plus them big screens she hasn't heard so we have heard articles like morning telly type articles and still births the abortion law what else was there I don't know, it was the stillbirth thing that like, really Honestly, me. it was the most... And we were trying to make eye contact with a woman because we're quite gr- lucky, obviously, we haven't had any... Our fertility issue is that there's no cock, <laughs> there's no man. Uh-huh. So there's other women in there who've had fertility issues and we're trying to, like... Went over and told her in the end, didn't we? We were yeah, like, the right pair of dicks. Honestly, I think the, mo- like, the most inappropriate things are always on that telly, like... Get a bit MTV on. I think they've changed it. It's just a bit classical FM with the news on now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, there's always... That's the dual noise thing. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I think this probably applies to me more than you, because I can think of two. Has anything ha- embarrassing ever happened during an appointment? I mean, there's not more embarrassing than having your fanny out for the world to see. I'm just so used to it now. It was a bit... It took a bit of getting used to it. I just wanted to, like, make sure... I, like. What did I think that mine was nice? <laughs> You've got a nice fanny look. You've probably got that on your file, Tori. Nice fanny. But they don't even look. They find your hole with some accuracy, don't they? One that goes right up. That, but honestly, they don't look. I just... get sad now when they don't ask to see me fanny. You know, if you go for a blood test, I'm like, oh, I've like got I've... to keep me pants on. Yeah, because you have that many scans. Bit of You're a frisk. Like... <laughs> yeah, bit of action. Um, going back to the question, embarrassing stories. No, uh, my two are obviously one fainting during the blood test. That wasn't great. Eey. All the nurses now dodge me any time I go down. And obviously the se- <laughs> the second thing when I went in for my egg retrieval, I uh, sat the wrong way on the bed in the theatre. So I had my head and my back and my neck kind of in slash against the stirrups <laughs> and my feet on the pillow. And I was I was totally oblivious, totally oblivious. Um, yeah. But that's that's kind of 
No, massive. I thought that the guy putting the embryo in was the anaesthetist because we'd been doing crosswords with him, hadn't we, when he was talking to you. And he went, have I met you before in clinic? And I went, yeah, you're the one that's really good at crosswords. And it was like a tumbleweed. But that's because they wear masks and they kind of look there. Hey, he had fucking massive hands. I would remember those hands. (laughs) If those hands had been anywhere near me, please, I would remember you put the baby in oh, by hand. Jesus, I <laughs> no cut. But he's, I bet he's a quality kind of. I mean, Stop there. Okay. <laughs> uh, will you do things the other way around next time? <laughs> this is obviously someone having a laugh. Why would you find that funny? Are you going to carry a baby, Tori? I mean, I prefer not to. Um, but if you know, if no, probably not. I think your mum said she'd be quite sad if you didn't have a go. Yeah, but I'm not my mum. <laughs> She's had her turn. She she just wants me to experience that hell on earth. And, I, and I'm not willing to do that. You might be when you see me no, going through it, you know. absolutely not. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Moving swiftly on. The other thing is, we need to decide, like, the thing that comes out might be the spawn. We might not want to have any more full stop. That's the thing. Again, assumes that we're going to have more. But you're an only child and you quite... Yeah, but I'm an only child. Why? Because my mum reached perfection first time. That's what she tells you. She says I'm special. <laughs> she does. <laughs> um, are you going to go again? And if so, how do you feel about it? Um, I th- We kind of, as soon as we got our big fat negative... Just call it a negative test result. I know it's a bit dramatic, isn't it? Get swept up. That was in a big all fat the... fucking negative, though, oh, wasn't it? it really? There wasn't. Some people go. There was a tiny little faint. Like, no, nah, it was a fucking negative. It was brighter. I had to put my sunglasses on. It was that negative. Um, yeah. So I'm a bit nervous. I know how gutted I was. Obviously, the last time we've kind of would immediately put our focus on the next time, didn't we? You did. I didn't. I wasn't at that point. I felt like we'd had like six months of just living and breathing and every single minute you spend thinking about the journey, thinking about, I'm sick of using the word journey, thinking about the process, (laughs) thinking about the process, Um, but that hasn't stopped. So I thought when we kind of put all the drugs away and all the IVF stuff, then that would stop, but it probably, I texted you today saying it's consuming me, didn't I? Yeah, we did that, that was a good point. So in our cupboard, that's like above our kettle, was all of the the paraphernalia, wasn't there? There was pregnancy tests in there, medication, we had our schedule on the back of the door, and we put that all away, didn't we? We had a few books and stuff, and we put that all into a box and away, didn't we? So that... Because the other thing, what I was saying to Tori was, like, when, you do, when you're when you on your meds and your pessaries, there's five different points throughout the day when you're doing... So even if you drift off for an hour and, God forbid, think about something else, your phone buzzes and goes, take your medication. So it drags you right back. So, yeah, you felt like you weren't ready to go again, Oh, you? but I'm so ready now. I had, my little, I had my little moment of mope and then, no, I'm ready to go. Um, and I'm I'm positive, I'm excited, and I think that's where we need to be as well. Yeah. Do you think we're going to do anything different on the second goal? I don't think... We, we literally couldn't have done anything different. Like, we both stopped drinking. Like, six weeks before, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, it was ridiculous. We were not big drinkers anyway, but we just thought we're going to give this the best possible shot. There was nothing that either of us could have done differently. Like, I'm proud of the way that you handled it, so... Proud of you too. 
I don't think there's anything that would change. Nah, nah. But that's a good... good Maybe, we have said this before, but we probably wouldn't test early. Oh, that yes, bang on. Absolutely, it's... Yeah, I, I'm totally prepared to wait it out. I think I'd rather not experience that again, so I'd be willing to wait, like... I say that now, it's easy to say. One of the things that I wish that we could do is I wish I could go and get it transferred and not tell you. Yeah, you mentioned this on the podcast the other day. Yeah, I wish I could do that and then just tell you, hopefully, like if it works, I wish, then I wish I could save you that. Like I wish you could tell us at like 40 weeks. Do you know what I mean? That would, because I'm impulsive. <laughs> I want to be fun here. <laughs> um, what has been the highlight of your journey so far? Well, that's a good one. Like, would it be a bit cringe to say, like, the total other side of you that I've learnt, like, that I've met? Right, which is who? Because you're sarcastic and you take the pace and, like, you just, I don't know, like... No. When I was pregnant and telling proof and otherwise, um, like, there was just another side of you. You were, like, attentive and... I'm always attentive! When there's food. <laughs> um, no, I just my highlight was probably the transfer. I think that was quite special. Yeah, it was. It was, wasn't it? It was because I say that to people like the transfer was weirdly a beautiful moment, and it shouldn't have been. It should have been far from a beautiful moment, but it was beautiful. Yeah, that was. Pr- oh, like just the other side. I've seen it here as well. That's so cute. I know. Um, I think for me, I couldn't really pick a favorite. I could because every single appointment would get. I'm just. So excited! Like I've to loved get the wand in it's for the it's <laughs> to stop at Weatherby Services and get a try latte. <laughs> no, but we do. We make an occasion of every trip, regardless of whether that's just like there and back and back to work. It's just every trip's been special for its own reason. Um, and I think the whole journey's brought us closer together. Yeah, and also like with our two crazy dogs and everything that's going on, like we're both. Work full time, we're both governors, we both do like at schools, we've both like got stuff on all the time and to actually sit together in the car, that's quite rare for us, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. It it, it has just been nice sharing that bit of extra time that we wouldn't necessarily normally get together, so yeah. God probably uh, uh, right, fucking hell, last question, right? I'm cutting it short. Um what type of parents do you think you'll be? Oh god. Um Can you go first? I think it's very easy to say, I'm going to be this parent, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to have televisions in the room, do you know what I mean? I I remember, like, my uncle saying that and, lo and behold, (laughs) the the Bane's got a television in his room. But no, I think it's really easy to say until you're in that situation. Um, I really... I'd love to just be cool, down-to-earth, kind of... (laughs) By down to earth, I mean like not skitzy. Yeah. Just quite relaxed. Um, I want to be the parent that my mum was to me. That's lush. Yeah. That is lush. Yeah, same. I think I, I, there's, you know, there's a lot of strength that my mum had. I think that I would really, really like to, like, especially, like, I would like a parent like my mum parent, parented, like, when I was growing up and stuff. I think there was lots of, like, I don't know, I think I want to be, it's a really, really hard it's one. tough, isn't it? Uh, it's fair to say that no, what other people do, but I just know the process that we've gone through is going to make us so grateful for this child. Mm-hmm. I think I said on the Hope Mum and Dad podcast, not necessarily that IVF people want it more, but they're prepared, people that go through IVF, sorry, you're not IVF people, um, they go through 
like they go through the ringer, the ups, the downs, and there's a fair whack of downs, particularly for people who struggle with fertility, to go through that and to stick with it, even though you're hurting so much. Like, I think that's amazing. And for that reason, you're absolutely right. It'll be the most loved and just cherished child in the in the world. Yeah, like the level of resilience. We've met a lot of people on the online, haven't we, over the last, say, six months? Not on got... the Swingers website, no. <laughs> Don't talk about that. Um, but yeah, I just think that absolute resilience as a parent, like it's just building a bit of an armour, isn't it, for you as a, as a parent? So you're going to be a stronger parent and have that gratitude and we're going to need that gratitude when it's pissing, shitting. I always, talk, talk, I always try and make a joke of things when it's like, sat me doing it. Yeah, let's... Gonna, yeah. I think we should just wrap it up there before it gets a bit too emotional. <laughs> I know, it's been, it's been, been an proper, emotional roller coaster. Drips tonight, haven't um, we? It's just because I'm tired. Why are you putting your tight poorly voice on? I'm just needy. <laughs> tea and biscuits? I'd love a cup of tea. <laughs> Go and put the kettle on. 